0: This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Previously on Talk Time Live Exclusive. It was a, it was a tough uh,
1: moment um, for, 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 for for us, right? Because... yeah um we, we were always just like three people right so losing
0: just, right yeah
1: losing just one of us um was really bad and through that you know we managed to grow the company so r- right now we are at
0: about eight people now whoa uh, hearing the, the number eight as opposed to three when we first met, and it, you gotta understand if you, if any of you have, that are watching played Cat Quest and see how deep this game is, and then to find out that it's three people that programmed this, you're 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 gonna be utterly amazed at how this happens. So like the fact that they moved from three to eight, it's like oh my god, it's like collecting the Infinity Gauntlet right now. Where are you guys about to do <laughs> with this with this game now that you got eight people? You look what you did with three. Talk so, time live. This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Believe it!
1: It's time. Talk time. Let's go. where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks, the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes all can learn something new. Me too. I heard worse, but no faith is empty. I stayed the course, though my haters tempt me. Beat the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games, So come on, and let's get it. Talk Time. Anime, comics, movies, and games, that so come on and let's get it talk time anime comics movies and games to come on and let's get it talk time anime comics movies and games to come on and let's get it talk time live
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the journal of my life that covers all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG presents talk time live the Prime Show. I am your host, Xavier Desai. We got a really great show for you today, and I hope everybody's having a great week. Before we get started, I want to give a big thank you to my man Desmond Wong. You heard the clip just a minute ago. Um he is from the company known as the Gentle Brothers, which is responsible for one of the one of the most fun deep roguelike uh art uh, you know action rpgs i've played in it over my years of doing the show and that is cat quest and i've had him on like at least three times now and uh this this was the third time but the first time ever on video and i always enjoy his company i always enjoy his candor i always enjoy talking with him about his experiences and his work on cat quest if you guys recall then you heard from the clip like if you played cat quest or if you ever attempt to play cat quest one and two trust me you're in for a great ride a fun ride and a ride only developed by three people Um, that's including animation as well it's utterly insane what these guys have done with this game and only three people for the first two and now they got like eight so if you heard the clip and you heard my amazement because I've already been through this venture with them and they've been on and Desmond's been on the show to talk about this and, and tell the origin of the gentle bros and I, it's just utterly amazing that three people made this game and now they got eight people so is, it's, I expect Cat Quest 3 to be a monster of a game and not only that they're being recognized more and more now because of their uh, attributes and their contributions, not only being recognized by Nintendo, but also now by PlayStation because they're now being showcased on their, uh, on their platforms. So their stock is rising because of their contributions, because of their efforts, because of all their hard work. And now they're being seen on two of the biggest platforms out there right now. And that's huge. That is insanely huge. Like it's, it's, it was great enough to have Nintendo on there, You know what I'm saying? And arguably, that could be the bigger platform, (laughs) you know? But now PlayStation has recognized them. And they, you know, if you guys watched the state of play that they had like a while ago, you know, it surprised us with Cat Quest on there. I'm like, wow, they're getting, now they're, now they're recognizing them. So kudos to them and all their hard work. And that just really excites me more about Cat Quest 3 when that comes out sometime this year hopefully sooner more than later uh because trust me and this gives you time if you haven't played cat quest one and two if you're a cat fan and a dog fan you're gonna love this game trust me if you love Zelda if you love roguelike games if you like action RPGs fun action RPGs mind you this is the game to check out I guarantee you it is a lot of fun it the art the art style the layout all that stuff is just so great so um it's always great to be able to talk to uh, you know Desmond and uh I look forward to having him back on the show again uh because apparently this may not be the end of the cat quest saga so we'll see but you know, go out of your way, check that interview out right now. It's up on um, talktomlive.com on the exclusive page. And you can check out the audio version if you want to check it out on the road. So um, really, really appreciate getting the chance to talk to him and people like him in the industry and all the industries as well. So also, as always, I have a new show. I want to keep telling you guys, I got a brand new show along with Boris Roberto Aguilar of Sunday Night's Main Event. And it's a part of Sunday Night's main events lineup called All Elite Geekly. It is a show that you know we pretty much shoot the shit and talk about all things anime, comics, movies, and games. You know a lot of the highlights of what is going on during the week, much like this show, but just you know not as not as in depth as the show because the the real show's purpose is to review AEW dynamite and uh so we get a chance to you know mostly the first half of our conversation is just talking about whatever the second one is like to re- the second part of the show is all wrestling talk so if you're into professional wrestling like mostly everybody is even and there's a lot of in the closet wrestling fans out there too mind you um and you like aew and you like this show we just condense all that together and make all the League Geekly for you guys there. So definitely check it out. It's on event.com. You can check it out there and wherever podcasts are played, I believe. And then also, I am going to be back on their flagship show, Sunday Nights Main Event, which actually airs on TSN Radio at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can check it out there. Of course, it, TSN is Toronto Sports Network. So If you're in the US, you won't be able to hear it on the actual radio, but you can go on their website and and listen to it via their live stream. And it it comes on every Sunday at 11 p.m. And uh, Boris normally uh, and the gang have the replay up uh, on their website as well. So you can check it out there. I most likely will put it on the uh, ACMG Facebook group as well. And I am gonna be there talking about my thoughts on the recent Elimination Chamber event that just came out. and give my thoughts there and then also my predictions on aew revolution as well so stay tuned for there i will be there with the team and then i think during when aew revolution comes out we will also be joining the team uh to talk about you know the show their after party show and and i may be back on the actual uh show to talk about it as well so we'll we'll see how that goes we will see how that goes from there and uh Hopefully it uh, all goes well And I can actually still get some sleep From the process of that But we got a really great show for you today Here on the flagship show of Talk Time Live Not only do we have some really fun And interesting news to talk about uh, We also have My thoughts on Avatar The Last Airbender Which is Netflix' attempt to right a wrong um, Made, according to fans Made by M. Night Shyamalan Long ago In terms of live live adaptation So I'm gonna just let you guys know now, I did not read anybody's review. I didn't hear any comments about what's going on. I I just didn't. Um, It is from a lack of trying in this case, but uh, I wanted to give my own perspective on this. So I'm a little bit more optimistic about things that people aren't on social media because a lot of times people base their views on the bitterness that is going on in their lives. And that is fact. And a lot of times when people are whatever is going if they're going through some toxic situations in the, in their life they will displace their anger and frustration on everything online you see, a lot of people i've said this more than once a lot of people use social media as the proverbial pillow to scream into which is not a healthy thing i will never i will never stop saying it that. that is not a healthy thing to do people so that is something that i will definitely say like um I can't base my opinions on it. And I can't trust others opinions too, especially if depends on, you can, it, you just have to read into it. You have to read into people what people are going to say online, um, the context of how they say it, if they just say one sentence or just like it's trash or whatever. Like, it, first of all, you, you're, you're really expressing how intelligent you are and articulate you are online. But if that's the only, without any real description of why you thought it was trash or whatever like that, like you can't, you think a smart person is not just gonna go and think like oh he said it was trash so it must be trash no you need to articulate and express why and elaborate on why you thought it was trash you know it it just you just can't it's like i know we live in a short attention society but people come on this is the problem with social media right now is that not everybody's being completely social out there and so it's hard for me to trust opinions out there one because their opinions and two at least if there's an opinion out there they would at least have a valid reason some people do a lot of people don't so i i've not read any about any reviews on this from any media platforms or anything i'm just giving my base of it and i will also you know explain why some things you know you can't you, you can't expect them to do everything from the source you know we're going to talk about all that and much much more so stay tuned for that but i've said enough folks let's not waste any more time let's find out what's new in the world of acmg and now it's time to find out what's
1: new in the world of acmg
0: So I want to talk about first. I actually, I finally got to see Oppenheimer. You know, I have a Peacock account and I got a chance to check this movie out. And, you know, (laughs) it's just, I mean, yeah, it was movie of the year. Um, I guess depending on who you spoke with and who the committee is, it was the movie of the year. It's not that I'm not saying that it doesn't deserve it, maybe, but I would also say this is like a movie that not everybody's going to get down with. like, I think years later, we're going to look back at this movie and like, why, why was it, you know, really? Um, it's a very sophisticated movie talking about a very pivotal moment in American history. I get that. And it's talking about the revolution of what this man has done and also the regret that he has done, um, that he's had doing this. And I get that, but there's just, I mean, I, you know i i think this is this was i, I and maybe I could be wrong this felt like this was voted on mostly more of a political thing than it was and i'm not saying it wasn't a great movie now, i don't I'm not saying that this movie didn't deserve it i'm just saying i think people blew this movie up way more than i thought it was because for me personally when i watched it i wasn't that involved in it i wasn't that immersed into the the history of Oppenheimer. Um, I wasn't that invested at all. Like the first half, it was, it's really, a lot of it dragged for me. It wasn't until the second half that it really, you know, it really did anything for me. So I decided to, and and there were some things, there were some intriguing things that I've looked at this and it was like, okay, I get this part. I don't get this part. I understand this, 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 and and then, I think during the second half of this movie, it got better for me, but, Here's my takeaway from watching Oppenheimer, as I'm putting my hands in my head in like total like, what, you know, what the hell? So I, the one takeaway that I had from Oppenheimer from watching this is the Oppenheimer family, the, the, the Oppenheimer and his wife. I'm sorry, folks, they are the most ghetto parents in American history. Okay, you got one. You got one wife that ends up like getting drunk all the time and just neglecting her kid throughout that entire time. So, and then you got Oppenheimer who's just too busy and you know, men at that time don't handle babies and they don't know what to do in situations like this, I guess, you know, cause that that was the ideology and the situation of that era that women would, you know, do all the bearing of that time and she and she was also a, a communist as well so like you know he he kept he kept like having a you know relationships with people and and uh with communist women you know he was he he didn't care so you know and i mean i guess at one point at some point it was like you know people are people and he's a, he's a man and he's a horn he's a horny man so he's gonna you know get it where he can get it so which leads to Florence Pugh's, uh, you know, uh, appearance on the show as his mistress or whatnot who did not like flowers. She just wanted to, you know, bang her thoughts away in this case, but them as those two as parents were just ridiculous. And after having one child and neglecting that child who was just cry, his, that, that child's performance was just crying through the whole movie. That was, that was the perform That was the, that was the lines that the child had to do, you know? After having one child, they decide to de- that the best thing to do was have another crying, depressed baby. You know, after even after or during this the time when this dude was cheating on, <laughs> on um his wife, you know that's the American history that they want us to remember, folks. There you have it. Um, but it, it, as far as Florence Pugh is concerned, I now truly understand. Why she is the new uh, Black Widow, but I've always liked her as uh, as as the new Black Widow on uh, ever since the Black Widow movie came out. But man, she is whew, she she played this role in so many ways in here. So you know she did a great job here. I, I you know I was really sad at the end um, you know because when you really thought about it, like she was going through a lot of things that she we've never got to really explore. Um, she was just you know, using sex to just mask away a lot of things she was going through, but she was incredibly lonely of a person. And, but she didn't want to be too attached to people. Um, you know, it, it was what I loved about her role was that like, she was a character that you really wanted to know more about, but they left us wondering, you know, kept us, you know, wondering more. We, unfortunately we never got to learn more because, um, you know, she ended up committing suicide be at the fact that she couldn't be with Oppenheimer and he regret, you know, not, you know, being there for her as well. And the fact that the wife, you know, figured this out and still stayed is just crazy and she was she became the stronghold of this whole entire thing after all that. Um but it man, they had a really dysfunctional really ghetto dysfunctional relationship right there. Robert Downey Jr. I get it. Of course, it's Robert Downey Jr. Whatever this dude does, it's magic. It's gold. It is award-winning, and he deserves every one of them that he has won uh, for this because he was the most intriguing part of this movie as well. Um, Matt Damon too. I'll give him. A, I'll give him a nod too in this, but like mostly for me, the movie dragged at the first half. It was only when when they you know did the first testing of the bomb is when things got way more interesting, in my opinion and you know he started regretting you know creating this bomb because he you know realizes the you da- the, uh, really the damage that it can make worldwide and it can really destroy the world um his son i believe his son or his grandson was on tmz live and they just interviewed him because they're now talking about the you know uh the whole thing with ai and how that can be a similar situation to the, the A bomb in terms of how it can be damaging to society in the world you know if they try to go any further with this you know you know it's really interesting um with this and you know this movie it, it, it's i will say it's a great movie i will definitely say it's a great movie but not all great movies are for everybody not all great movies Are going to be enjoyed or understood by everybody and i'm going to tell you this i'm talking as somebody who did not truly from start to finish enjoyed this movie in fact this is a movie that i you know it's a great movie but it's not everybody's cup of tea and like after watching it it's like all right i watched it i don't have a need or want to watch it again even with florence pooh in there it's just it, it just you know i i it just didn't do anything for me. And I'm a Christopher Nolan fan. I like most of his movies, um, even outside the Batman trilogy, I, his he it's, it's no slight on his movie. It's just on this movie in particular, but it's just, it, it just wasn't my cup of tea. No more than Batman is just not everybody's cup of tea there. Although it really did, uh, create a lot of fanfare at this and a lot of this i feel like it's on a height of that it's christopher nolan so like we gotta like it because it's a christopher nolan movie and he makes great movies not all the time but he's made a lot more hits than he has misses and it just depends on the person who will like this like this is the opposite of of comic book fans you know not everybody are comic book fans, but it's hard not to say that a comic book movie it will not be a lot of fun to watch. This is like, I don't think a lot of comic book fans are gonna be into this maybe, and, or, more, like, this is an extremely sophisticated movie. Extremely. Like, you gotta have a want to understand this movie, you gotta have a need to understand this movie, and you gotta have um, a true fandom for history in this case. And I will say this, Martin Scorsese was right. They should be, you know, they should um, be more great cinema out there from people who created Batman. <laughs> you know, which I don't understand why he was supporting Martin. Sc- I mean, uh, Christopher Nolan, not realizing that this man made an Oscar-winning comic book movie. Okay, um, he, like his 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 whole thing was contradictory in itself. It was, it was like it. He just. He just needed to sit down when he said that, but he's right. In a lot of ways, you know, we should have more cinema, whether it is based on a comic book movie or not. It just needs to be a great story told. And that's what Christopher Nolan does. He tells great stories, whether it is based on Bruce Wayne or anybody else, or anything, he tells great stories. It doesn't matter whether it's based on a comic book or not. Like if Martin Scorsese would have actually watched The Dark Knight, he would understand why, you know, this this generation of comic book movies were so great. It's not because they're just based on characters that can fly or have powers or whatever like that. It's like with what Robert Kirkman did with The Walking Dead. It's not a zombie flick, it's a human movie. It's it's a human, it's a human show about what's going on with these humans around the idea of a epidemic. And how they're handling it so it's not a real zombie flick and that's what martin scorsese as brilliant as he has been throughout his entire career as an artist and a creator he fails to understand this yeah martin scorsese is a creator he's an artist he's not a genius because had he had if he was he would be able to understand why these these comic book movies or these comic book based movies has some depth, has some personality, has some real sophisticated subject matter. Why Oscar award-winning and award-winning actors, A-list actors, mind you are considering contributing to this genre or these genres. We got Jamie Lee Curtis. God bless her. She has participated in some awesome things over the years and get received Oscars herself and she's joining in on the game all the time she's a street fighter gamer okay she gets it she gets it and she's not as not in this she's not the same age as mars chris but she's been around she's been in the game for years long enough to know like she could have that same mindset but she doesn't she has a wider mindset you know she gets it people like her get it people like stan lee got it um you know robert redford of all people got it you know that's right that was the turning point of when i thought comic book movies have turned into a new dimension is when you started seeing these 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 seasoned actors and and robert always refer to robert redford because he's like jamie lee curtis he's been around the game for a long time and he's one of those actors that back then probably would have turned his nose up at the idea of being on a movie based on a comic book and when i saw him on the winter soldier i was extremely surprised but also very excited because he's kind of a rite of passage you know if he's willing to be on a movie like this that's saying a lot because uh, trust me folks during the 90s 80s 70s 60s or no more more or less the 80s in the 90s People weren't going into doing comic book movies because they felt like it was career killers. They felt like it was taboo for their for their career. You know, they didn't, they, they considered it an Astrich and, and and you know, they didn't want to um, sully their, their resume because, oh, you did this movie? Oh, we don't want you. Cause that's how Hollywood was at the time. But again, thank you, Wesley Snipes. Thank you, New Line Cinema. You guys get, put in a template of saying like, oh, this can work. We can do something and make it sophisticated and careers were being made now Hugh Jackman, uh, you know, James Franco, like those guys were household names because of their parents' on comic book movies. Okay. You know, and more and more as we went along, like people were, people's career was made because of their performances done on these shows. Like they, their careers elevated because they were on these movies. So, um, you know what I'm saying? Clark, Greg, Clark, Greg, I mean for god's sake um is it clark i always get it mixed up Is clark Gregg or greg clark but either way yeah it's clark greg thank god he it, it, that's the problem with having two first names <laughs> one of them is your last name but clark Greg's career also came up because you know he was doing um the old adventures of new christine which he became a standout you know uh you know character in that show but then he became colson and they gave him the opportunity to do colson on in, in the original iron man and he did so good as that character they started bringing him back to other movies which did led to him becoming a household name and by the time he got to avengers and he died at the hands of loki spoiler alert um people were like were so invested in him and then all of a sudden he comes back in ages of shield the tv series and people immediately jumped on it and we stuck on that show for years and he became just as of an important superhero as the rest of them even though he didn't have any powers so the these we cannot pretend like there is no value and there's no you know uh depth and and, and compelling you know um portrayals and character development in these movies Martin scorsese just doesn't see it because he chooses not to he just he comments but doesn't really like and he should know better You know, so I, I love how I segued from talking about Oppenheimer into this situation, but it matters because Christopher Nolan is the guy who was popular because of what he was able to do with Batman. His career took a huge hike because of what he was able to do with a comic book movie. Martin Scorsese may not have even talked his, he said his name, if not for those movies. So Martin Scorsese, before your time is done, you need to watch those movies. You need to check out those movies and find out why I it's, it's just amazing. You could tell he just never watched any of the Batman uh, movies that Nolan has done. Never. And, and here's the other thing too. It's like, okay every actor and every director and everybody does a comic book movie that doesn't mean they can't go back and revert to doing something a little bit more sophisticated and you know artistic or whatever like that like these guys go back and forth they do movies that they feel they can really make move movements from it's not like comic book movies are innocent cash cow I mean yes based on the popularity of the comic books but even still they have to work they have to be they you got to make it into something you got to make it worth our while you got to make it real you got to make it connect and they do that's what live adaptation is about and we'll talk about that with avatar the last airbender when we talk about that later on because you make a live adaptation you have to make it connect and make it make sense for the real world so there you have it that's my thoughts on Oppenheimer you know that's that's basically what I got to say what it's like it's a movie I saw it it was I it was it was it was good to me but it was great to others and it's something I won't probably venture to again but I I get why certain people may actually felt it was like the best of the year um actually I didn't even think Barbie was you know Barbie was I would if I would watch a movie between those two because they were everybody was comparing those two because of the date and everything If I was to compare both of those movies and which one, in terms of which one I will watch again, guaranteed to probably be Barbie. But honestly, I probably won't won't jump out of the way to go watch that movie again either. Like that was a very fun and enjoyable movie, way more enjoyable for me than Oppenheimer. But at the end of the day, like, okay, it was good. Like give me super Mario. That's just me. let's talk about some other things and keeping it uh keeping a comic sort of and comic game related Warner Brothers games admits to uh, the flop that is Suicide Squad killed the Justice League according to an article that I read on Forbes.com during their financial call, WB CFO Gunnar um which sounds like a very villainous Bond name, mind you, said the game has fallen short of expectations. Mind you, they never did reveal any numbers, which is telling, which means the numbers were extremely low. Uh, normally, in the financial meeting, they do kind of reveal numbers uh if i i think this is they called this a financial meeting and not a shareholders meeting because i believe that if it was a shareholders meeting then they would have to reveal the numbers because shareholders want to know everything by the numbers um but they they did in this financial call they did announce said that they it, the game fallen short of expectations which to me I, i'm very happy about um no i don't want a game or a company to fail but in this situation this makes me happy because that means fans were, were really voicing or taking action in this case uh so he goes on to say that it has been created it has, it has created a tough year for the game business for going forward in comparison to last year's smash hit hogwarts legacy which was critically acclaimed and highly reviewed. Uh, The article says that it was never going to be possible for Suicide Squad to get anywhere close to the numbers of the success uh, or in success, I should say, that Hogwarts uh, uh, Legacy uh, was, which I both agree and disagree. As a live service game, this was bound to fail. Uh, As a standalone single player adventure game, this could have had legs to stand on this could have been a big hit in my opinion one brothers games needs to try uh and suck out all of our wallets when they were trying to be, with this transparent strategy and it was very foolish as well you know thankfully fans use critical thinking which i highly usually recommend and on this one basically because they remembered what happened the last time that somebody a company has tried to do this before this is not the first time if you guys remember it was only 2020 (laughs) this happened before and it 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 bombed big time not even because of the fact that people started realizing it i think it actually could have worked had the game been put together a lot better but when you try to mix live service and you try to make it online reliant and all that stuff it's gonna fail because you these guys haven't you know really put the technology together to make everything tight like that and they rushed it at that so that even that messed up that that really kind of exposed everything for crystal dynamics people The people behind Marvel's attempt to cash in tried to sucker fans into over $3,000 in DLC content over the time with Marvel Avengers. This was um, a game created by Crystal Dynamics and published by Square Enix. Of course, Square Enix would never actually develop any live service games like this, (laughs) but they allowed them to try it and see what happens. And we found out what happened and it was an utter fail. But gamers, we're buying into another game doing the exact same thing. They were not actually. Um, and I'm happy that they didn't because we already saw this. I don't understand. And, and, and even furthermore, WB Games knew, and I think they they knew that we weren't favoring this way back when, they, when somebody revealed that this game was gonna be online only in online reliant. And when we found this out, we all discovered that, oh, this is gonna be a live service game because people were actually excited. People were extremely excited that a Suicide Squad game was being made. Not only that it was a Suicide Squad game, but it was being made by the people who brought you the Arkham series, that being Rocksteady. And we were all excited. And then somebody looked and read and found out that in order to play this game, you have to have online connection. And that's when people started backing up. Like, whoa, what's going on here? And then they found out that this was a live service game. And then that's when it happened. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you know, WB Games, for whatever reason, they delayed the game. The game was supposed to come out in 2023, and they delayed it a long time, for a long, for months on end. And we're thinking they're going to make it. They're they're actually going to make an offline campaign. So. They, I don't know what they were working on, but they still have not made this an offline, the the, the story mode, an offline campaign yet. They said that they will eventually do it. And apparently people weren't falling for it. They weren't, they weren't falling for it. They weren't doing it. We played the demo. I actually liked the demo. I actually liked the story mode demo that they put out. I didn't, I thought there was something there. There was, there was some fun to be had, but at the end of the day, I didn't, have you seen me review this game yet? Nope. (laughs) because i'm not jumping back in to the same situation i've already been and the whole entire situation is the gameplay the layout all that stuff the loot creating it's all exactly like marvel avengers absolutely exactly it's like we're supposed if we're mice in a maze or hamsters in a cage and we're looking at this cheese that's in on a trap and you saw that You know somebody else tried to you know do this trap and it tried to kill you the first time and you saw that it you saw what happens when somebody got near that trap so you want us to go back in again the second time and we're not we're not supposed to we're not supposed to like understand that this is the same the same thing is going to happen again No they knew I think they knew behind the scenes that they knew that they were gonna they're gonna uh, have a fall they were gonna have a flop at this point and they shouldn't they it, shame on them for even attempting to try to do this I'm just waiting for this game to turn to go to 20 um, bucks at this point I, it's it's gonna happen I, I, my prediction what is this February we're just five days away from March I would say May or June is this this, this um, this game is going to go on a massive sale and also can I say too that they also the same thing that they're doing that Marvel did is that yeah you pay for this game and all of the the content that they come the the DLCs that with the extra characters and everything all that is going to be free that is exactly what Marvel Studios did. That's in place of them um, trying to get everybody to buy the content, because if you buy enough content over the course of a few years, it's also gonna you know, you know result in an accumulation of $3,000 or more, and they're expecting us not to do the math. We already did the math on Marvel Avengers. Nobody should pay $3,000 in content for one game. That's ridiculous that is way extreme so um yeah dude y'all you guys were better off making an offline story you know based experience i think this game would have sold way more doing it and again shame on them shame on crystal dynamics and shame on any development company that creates these live service games. This is why I don't play uh, Genshin Impact or the other game that they come out. As gorgeous as they look, I'm like, no, you could give us free stuff all you want, no. I know what you're doing and I'm not spending all this money on just one game. There's so many other great games, offline experiences, great stories just to tell, great combat, great gameplay, that like you could check out a lot of the games that I review from last year and continuing to review this year. There are a lot better experiences for you to have. And I'm telling you, like, no, no to live service at all. No to in-app purchases, you know, that will just keep nickel and diming you. This is why I stopped playing mobile games, period. Just no, so eh, we'll see what happens. But I'm jumping on when that game, when the game goes offline. When the, game, when the story campaign goes offline, because the other thing too is like, okay, we play this game, we get into this game, but then all of a sudden they do maintenance, I can't play this game because I got to wait for them to do maintenance. Or, you know, your internet provider goes do maintenance or they there's a power outage uh, in their area so we can't play this game that we're so invested in. And then if the time is up, you won't be able to play the game anymore because they shut their servers down but you own the game you bought ownership of this game that's not right No, and we talked about this because I think what was it Ubisoft the guy one of the guys from Ubisoft was talking about we need to get you no shut up dude you're trying to tell us how we need to spend our money and how we need to you know have supply and demand that's a dumb thing to do no we pay you to give us what we want that's how that's the mindset that it should be and if you don't give us what we want we'll give our money elsewhere plain and simple so that's the mindset that a lot of us should have that's what a consumer does we we're not obligated to give money to everybody we're giving it to people who are going to give it back best plain and simple all right so we also got some great news this week continuing on to DC we got to see the first look at the cast of Superman, Legacy, which is James Gunn's first new project. And he had a really cool group picture, uh, group selfie of the cast, which I believe am I, we got Mr. Terrific, we got Eve, we got Otis, we got Lex, we got James Gunn, we got Jimmy. Uh, so let me see if we got actually, let me see if we... Uh, da, 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 da. I don't know who the cast is right now. I know James Faller is one of them. Let me see if I can go on IMDB. See if I can look this up. Legacy, here we go. Oh, July 11th, 2025. He has it on there. So cast members, Nathan filler, uh, filling is gonna be Guy Gardner. Oh my God. Um. They, he, James Gunn is going all out. David uh, Corin Wet, who we saw on air is Clark Kent. Millie uh, Alkin is Kara Zarell. Like Supergirl is rumored on, wait, is she on here? Let me see. I think that is her in the picture here too. Mr. Terrific is gonna be in there too. Although IMDB does not have him on the actual listing of the main cast. I'm a little film but happy happy black history month for us on that one um let me see who else is on there there is uh, I think uh like yeah uh, nicholas halt who played beast on uh on uh x-men uh first class is on here too he's gonna be lex luthor um so that's good that's gonna be interesting i think that may be a good choice for lex luthor right there yeah uh skylar um, oh here he is wait Edith. uh Gahegi, uh, Mr. Terrific, who also played uh, Darwin on uh, X-Men First Class, and he didn't last long. So hopefully this Mr. Terrific role will, you know, give him a resurgence back in. And Rachel um, Brosnan, as Lois Lane, uh, Miss Maisel herself, which I am so excited for. I love Miss Maisel. <laughs> I freaking love Miss Maisels. Uh, you don't understand I, my, my, um, my fandom for that show she was she was as much of a superhero as she as anybody is in these actually movies on that show i love um miss mazel <laughs> like that show was so dope but uh yeah that cast is there so we uh, finally got a first look of everything they have been doing the first table read apparently um this was posted february 22nd and it's it's on the go it's about to go so i'm looking forward to it so yeah a james gunn superman film coming july of 2025 he's gonna help bring it back and we'll see how it goes for dc from there all right really big news in the world of anime according to reports and um molly herself molly flanagan even posted on her um social media as well from she posted from variety.com but it's been said everywhere so it is legit this is happening Shang-Chi director Destin Daniel Cretton will direct and write for the uh, for the live action adaptation of Naruto, the movie. Cretton has met uh, with Naruto creator Masashi uh, Kishimoto who will also oversee the film which is being produced by Lionsgate. I, you know, we talked. look, if you heard my interview with Molly last year, um, I asked her about this because... I just felt like, it, you know, with all these shows, these, these live action adaptations of um, Yu Yu Hakusho and One Piece and all this, it's only a matter of time because now we're starting there, you know, these studios are starting to get it right. And now it's only bound to happen. It's Naruto's turn. It's Naruto and we need another Dragon Ball movie. Uh, ju- we need to justify Dragon Ball because dragon ball evolution put a nasty stain on it and and take note people dragon ball evolution is not the first live action dragon ball adaptation ever out there is one i believe done in japan uh from ages ago which in hindsight if if even as goofy as that was it's still better than evolution um but we've been looking for this for quite some time i knew this was going to happen which is why i asked molly back then um basically you know what was she you know would she want to be in the movie as a cameo appearance or something like that and we jokingly i jokingly talk about like i want her to be i want her in the japanese voice actor to be in there i want molly to work in a ramen shop i i'd really need her to work in a ramen shop that would be awesome or doing something in that movie but like um honestly yeah this this was this is an awesome thing uh but even more because creden who I, you know, worked on Shang-Chi and the 10 rings. I love that movie. Like, like of all the new Marvel movies after the infinity uh, saga that come out, that was one of my favorites. That movie was so dope. And I think he could bring justice to this. If they give him the budget and they let him, if if he seems like he's a fan and you know, Masashi uh, Kishimoto approved and is overseeing this. um, They're gonna make magic. I am, I'm am very much excited, but it would be a crime if the original Japanese voice for Naruto and Molly Flanagan is not in there. Some form of fashion maker, some cameo parents giving them a nod, um, because they deserve it. They both it's, I mean, when Uncharted came out, you guys remember when Uncharted, they made, um, a live adaptation of Uncharted. It had, um, Tom Holland, Mark Wahlberg, which actually was a pretty good movie, um, You know uh nolan north made a a a slight cameo appearance on um in the movie too to give him a nod um in the, the last of us they got troy baker and the other uh woman on there who plays um i believe ellie is it right am i right with that one um they got the original voices for them to make an appearance there too um i would i would absolutely absolutely get those two on air it's just it's just yeah it's ellie it's 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 really just respectful to what brought it to the table and i think their performances actually would you know it's the reason why when you go to new york comic-con or you go to fan expo you see molly do a panel there's it's it's room it's it's floor room it's practically filled to the brim and floor like if you've seen my footage or go to talktimelive.com and you'll see my footage of both her when she was in fan expo and here in philly last year and when she was in new york comic-con and you know new york comic-con one was way it was like two times bigger that room was two times bigger than um the one in philly and it was all filled to the brim people were standing around to see her That's how much they love her and her performance as naruto take note she does appear on other things too she's on royal crackers which is i believe is coming out this sunday as well um she uh she's also like on you know not dead yet she's appeared on many other things but people love her as naruto she played that role so well she sounds like the japanese uh actress as well they somehow managed to find cast her and she just happened to be able to match that voice really well and it, you know the reason why the success of that film is i'll give another example super mario brothers had chris martin uh, charles martinet on uh made an appearance in there so like they really they really really need to do this if they if they don't bring her and the japanese artist in in some form or fashion it's a crime honestly. So, and I I told, I told Molly, I'm like, yo, I will seriously start a petition. (laughs) I will start a petition on change.org and suffer the amount of emails I will get about other petitions that they want me to be a part of as well, just to make this happen. So let's let's make it happen if you're hearing it right now let's make it popping. let's get them make sure if they're going to do this movie make sure they add both voice actors onto the scene because they both deserve to be on air like no questions asked so there you go all right let's talk about the Borderlands trailer I know everybody's talking about that right now Um, now me I I, you know I talked with Boris about this on uh, all elite geekly and I I own borderlands i have the first two i, I got the bundle ages ago. I never reviewed it uh i just wanted to see if it was worth talking about was worth doing i played through it for a bit because you know i'm now venturing into first person shooters and especially um story narrative based and he he was right he was right when we talked about it on the last on the last episode that we did and this is probably the reason why i didn't finish playing it because he said it was a great game for co-op and I'm only playing it as a single player. I'm playing a single player experience. And I felt like I didn't enjoy it as much um, from that standpoint. And there are other and better first person shooters out there that I have enjoyed um, recently. That I can play by myself and feel great about. You know, one of the biggest ones being Cyberpunk 2077. Um, Immortals of avion I'm giving them a shout-out too. To Ghostwire Tokyo is another one I've enjoyed. Um, there's another one from that I played on a place on a Nintendo Switch that I like too. Um so I think I've played more than like four or five, six maybe of these games. Borderlands were being one of them. But I really was getting I was getting into the story element, but when I got through the gameplay, the gameplay I couldn't You know enjoy so i I just really never truly got to play it but you know i know other people enjoy it this trailer though i i like the trailer but i see what they were doing and if this is gonna be the entire movie you know uh vibe i may not like it as much because it the trailer is very heavy on the guardians of the galaxy theme very heavy and I know it's hard to do that now in a way, but it just felt like this movie is just gonna be a, another Guardians of the Galaxy knockoff. And we've already seen that with the first Guardians, I mean, uh, with the first Suicide Squad movie when they were trying to do it. And then, you know, it. people, not, I, I thought it was okay, but I didn't like the idea that they were just really just trying to do what James Gunn has already done. Cause when James Gunn does it, it's a little bit, it, it's original. It's his because he was the one that really came up with that formula of doing what he does. like Josh Whedon does it his way the, you know, the, um, the Russo brothers do it their way. And James Gunn does it his way. And when James Gunn does it, it's very distinct. It's a, it's a signature. It's a, it's a fingerprint that we know very familiar of. This, you could tell this was definitely not the Russo's and this was definitely not, you know, Whedon style of, um, of character development this was very much a james gunn themed film that it comes off looking like with the with the old school you know music track and you know the colorful you know you know um you know scenery and, and the color scheme of everything very it's very guardians of the galaxy so the movie stars kevin hart as roland kate blanchett as lilith Ariana uh Greenblatt as Tiny Tina. Now, let me stop right there. This actor, she is awesome. She plays a young version of everything. Like if you guys remember, she was the, she was the young Gamora in um I believe it was uh, endgame that she was in. She played the young Gamora on air. And then she later on played the young uh Asuka. Uh on in the in TV series Asuka when she was uh going up against um anakin so she she really knocked it out the park there now she's playing tiny tina and uh she she's known for playing a lot of young versions of you know ca- uh, characters in here so it's really cool to see her in here she's always she'll, she's always awesome in whatever she does florian um Ma, what is it Machino, as it's craig and bobby lee he, that dude i love bobby lee Bobby Lee is such a he's he, he's such a ridiculously fun uh um com, uh, comedian um but he's playing Larry in this. so and Jamie Lee Curtis of course as Dr. Patricia Tennis and Jack Black as Claptrap and he's probably going to be the between him and Jamie Lee Curtis and Kevin Hart they're going to be you can't play, like they, they have a really strong cast that's the good thing they have a really strong cast um playing these roles between i think between claptrap and probably kevin hart they probably going to be it's going to be a lot of people that you know a lot of focus on a certain characters in there but i'm looking forward to this claptrap i think is going to be um a household name now because jack black is going to do what he does best with this character and people already love this character uh and and you know in the gaming community he's such a beloved uh, icon of a character now. Probably some, somewhat even more than the characters in the game. <laughs> you know, uh, he, he's like, just like a drunk version of R2-D2 in a lot of ways. He's, he's R2-D2 and um, Bender combined <laughs> in this case. But it looks good. I just hope that the, you know, when a movie comes out, that it won't, um, it won't really be a true james gunn guardians of the galaxy knockoff because i think if they start if it's that movie where they're gonna just play you know music tracks of you know old of old classics throughout the entire thing it's gonna it's gonna be lame because we already saw it and we already saw what happened the last time somebody tried to do that type of movie it didn't work and then james gunn came in and said hold my beer you know he had my hold my beer moment and he went and did the suicide squad and then did it the way that it was intended to be made (laughs) and did it the only the way that he knew he could do it right and it became a very popular you know movie the second suicide squad movie was the much better one and then followed by um what was the uh, Peacemaker series? So there you have it from there. So I'm looking. I'm look, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, keeping up with gaming, Tekken 8, which is one of the games this year that I've truly enjoyed. Um, believe I gave it an A plus when I reviewed it. And we knew that we were getting a lot of DLC, but we didn't know to what end. Uh, apparently we're getting another story mode or two, whatever. So Tekken 8, is to receive another story mode, which will include the additional DLC characters. And now they're doing it differently from what they did with Tekken 7. Cause Tekken 7, they just added characters and they gave them somewhat type of stories, but they never really included them into the main story. Now there will be an extended story mode apparently that's gonna include the other characters, which is awesome. Because maybe they're taking that from what you know Mortal Kombat is done with nether studios is done NetherRealm studios is also working on making an extended story mode uh that is coming out much like they did for Mortal Kombat 11 um as well and, and there's we still know nothing about Street Fighter 6 I I keep saying it they need an extended story mode other than what they have for the world tour mode because it just doesn't add up so hopefully they're working on that too and they, like much like they did with the Shadow Falls but According to Tekken producer uh, Katsuhiro Harada, um, who still claimed that we were getting a Street Fighter Cross Tekken game, never came out, people. I guess if he was talking about Tekken 7, that was as close as you could get from there. But he comments on X and says there's a, cause somebody reported on X that, you know, of all the things that we're getting, but there was a, he uh, goes on to say that there's a slight misunderstanding about this. And points out the DLC characters, um, will have their own story rather than adding a story. And this is from the words of, uh, Harada-san, um, rather than adding a story mode for each character, we are going to add a story mode for each of the additional characters, including Eddie in the summertime after May to show how they were involved in Tekken 8's main story mode, the dark awakens so which i really enjoyed i gotta go back and play that again um not just an expansion of eddie's story when uh they add only one eddie but a cohesive expansion of the other characters involved in the story which will happen uh sometime between may and summer so while the original tekken characters will be added to as dlc Uh, will will be uh described in terms of how they relate to the main storyline i really loved it because this was something i had issue with tekken 7. tekken 7 had all these other characters that were added into the story I mean, that were added to the game, but did not, that had nothing to do with the story. I mean, the guest characters like Negan and not just from Final Fantasy 15, or even some of the other characters that are in the actual universe. There was just no explanation for them. They were just there. And I guess he finally learned his lesson, especially probably watching what NetherRealm Studios did. Because NetherRealm Studios, say what you will about Mortal Kombat 1, when it comes to storytelling and character development, they do it better than all of them. This is where, that's where the, and i think their association with warner brothers plays a factor in that too um they got great writers and they make sense of everything even when their guest characters like um scorpion from street fighter or, or, or batman or choker or whatever like they include those characters the teenage mutant turtles they include those characters jason Freddy, all that they all of those characters are included somewhat into the mortal Kombat universe in some form or fashion When Tekken came out with seven none of their characters connected they were just there and I think uh, you know more than just me more people than just me were making a big deal about that and I'm glad because it makes sense they like they should be part of it so uh he goes on to say that they will not be in the form of separate episodes for each character but rather an expansion pack for the main storyline the main storyline can't be broken up into smaller pieces from each character of course these will be offered for free as story mode expansions that can be enjoyed without having to purchase dlc characters thank you bandai namco thank you harada son thank you tekken 8 and screw you aew fight forever (laughs) because like we paid a lot of money for these games, and like, come on, man, give us a break. And we paid for like the season pass and all the stuff. I hope, and I know, THQ Nordic is seeing this because Tekken 8 is a big game. I know they see stuff like this. They, hell, shout out, thank you to RetroSoft Studios in Collegeville, Mike Herman. The, the new update that he had for retromania wrestling we, we didn't have to pay a dime for it they gave us two extra characters and they gave us a whole new story mode they ramped up all the animation for it that wrestling game gave us more than more of what we asked for than what aew fight forever is where they just keep coming out with these stupid you know season passes and it's not giving anything for us a uh, wwe 2k 24 has come out in a few weeks and through they're one package, they're one package deal. We're getting so much more. And we paid just about the same amount as we did when uh, AEW fight forever there. And they're trying to get, they trying to, they're making people buy, uh, pay more than they bargained for. And like, they need to, uh, just, that, that game and that company has been such a disappointment here. And it's just sad, but thank you to Harada son for providing us this content you know, it's, it's just awesome. I really appreciate it. It's the, like, don't keep, like, come on, act like you understand how the economy is working right now. Not everybody's able to afford that much, nor they should afford all that much, okay? That's just ridiculous. So shout out to them, I'm looking forward to this. Same with Street Fighter, the same with Mortal Kombat. I'm looking forward to everything. At least what I know when they put out season passes and DLCs, they're gonna give us our money's worth with those so it's not going to accumulate to three thousand (laughs) dollars for one game it's going to be reasonable and it is going to they're going to give you your money's worth so like come on let's let's learn lessons from the people who do it right there so folks that will do it for what's new in the world of acmg we're going to take a break come back and i will give my thoughts on avatar the last airbender the live action adaptation on netflix and we'll do that right after this Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley and the voice of Naruto! This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben
1: Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This
0: is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on TalkTimeLive.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! This is Amanda Celine Miller, the voice of Boruto and Sailor Jupiter, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Do it. And now, it's time for our talk topic of the week. Ready? Fight! Folks, we are back with our talk topic of the week, and this is my review of Avatar, The Last Airbender, which is Netflix's attempt at a live adaptation of this. And uh, there's a big question. When this was coming out, people were worried and in a lot of ways, rightfully so, because they were scarred at the attempt made by M. Night Shyamalan. And we wondered if this was going to do it justice. And we saw trailers of this coming uh, series. People were excited because they saw a lot of things that were done right in terms of character development and, um, you know, look and aesthetic and, and, and optics and everything and the special effects. And it looked promising, but is it? So we're going to talk about it they the first season is here uh all the episodes are available on Netflix right now and it seems to cover um book one of the beloved saga of the series and look I'm gonna tell you this I haven't watched Avatar in years like when I watched that series it was awesome it was fantastic so great that it's like you don't want to watch it over and over again because it you don't want to get tired of it and and that goes for the Legend of Korra as well. They were extremely well-written uh, cartoons and, and animated series. And let me tell you, it really put a mark on people's heart for a lot of reasons. It was so great. And this was at the time too, where people started saying that this was anime. No, <laughs> Avatar Last Airbender is not an anime. It's just a very well-drawn, very well-developed uh, animated, series it is not an anime just because a and i had this was the beginning of those conversations that with people had because they were trying to throw every they were trying to throw the anime label for everything that just looked above average from a normal american animated series no avatar is not an anime it is a animated series uh made by nickelodeon never meant to be an anime but just you know there's some influences of things that we see in an anime in this film but no this was a uh i don't even want to say it's an american animation because it was probably done by an animated studio that also does anime as well i'm pretty sure could have been studio mirror or whatever those guys because they involved themselves in doing multiple styles of animation um anime just happens to be one of them and they do a lot of other deals too but this was uh definitely based on it and i to me i thought they did a very good live adaptation of this now i think one of the misconceptions that fans have when it comes to creating a show based on a animated series is that they want everything to be spot on in terms of uh characteristics personalities traits and even actions mind you and the point of doing a live adaptation is not only to try to capture the essence of those you know of those elements based on said comic book said animated show said even novel or graphic novel is that you're supposed to create the essence around it but also you need to also make it adapt to something that's real world meaning it's going to try to you know create the same magic that the tv show cartoon animated series anime or video game does but you have to create a real world element to it and i think the adaptation part always seems to miss the boat with people's mindset when you create a live adaptation of a marvel film Yes, it's based on a comic book that is consisting of people with powers and abilities and stuff like that, but you have to have it relate to the real world. You have to have it relate to something that is a little bit more realistic that makes sense to a real world aspect. That's why it is called live adaptation. It is a live version of these characters. Yes, there are going to be some things that they're going to be able to do that makes you remind you of what the animated series or comic book or graphic novel or video game is going to be based on but there's some real world things that it has to make sense about it so they have to adapt to the real world to live action type situations and i think that people miss out on that understanding of that so when it comes to doing a marvel film a dc film a sonic the hedgehog film um not a Mario Brothers film, because that's CGI. So CGI is different. You can make a CGI animated, you know, film, do whatever you want because it's very similar to that of a comic book or a cartoon and all the stuff. You could do that. You can't do that with real world because it has to make sense in the real world, which is why I think a lot of people get upset when you see certain live adaptations come out and they don't exactly makes sense to what you see on the cartoon or animated series because when you do animated series or you know anything animated they can take liberties with things that happen not always did they base their things on the real world now anime for their to their credit when you watch an anime movie or tv series they often adapt to things that happen uh, that, that that relates to the real world that's why people love anime so much is because they manage to be as sophisticated as you know and you could compare some anime and level up to some prime time drama to some prime time thrillers and action like they do a great job doing it you can't do the same for live adaptations because there are some things you just can't do because it just defies reality yes we can you can say you can say cgi can make that happen and all the stuff but there's just some things that just you cannot do and in a sense that you know in terms of personality or you know dialogue or whatever like that that you can't do in there and there's been some rarities of that i'll give scott pilgrim versus the world Edgar Wright managed to do almost a scene-by-scene scene type of thing but even he had to make some adjustments um, let me give no Watchmen you know Zack Snyder say what you will about him, the Watchmen is one of his best movies because he was able to make a damn near scene-by-scene word-by-word movie it's a rarity to be able to do that there's you just can't well and, and there's a double standard to this too. Some people may or may not like this movie. I haven't, again, I haven't seen. I don't know, but it, you know, I just looked at IMDb. The ratings is pretty fairly good for this uh, series. But there's always there always going to be somebody who's going to say that it didn't match up, whatever. You want them to do the cartoony things that you know, like say Soka, for instance. You want him to be as cartoony as he could be. You can't always. Make it exactly like you have to adapt again. We're going to talk ADR when it comes to even, you know, when you have an anime that's being voiced by Japanese actors and you're bringing it, you're then you're going to bring it to America or other regions and you're going to get actors from their country to do it. And ADR helps to adapt the dialogue to make sense from an American standpoint because japanese dialogue doesn't all doesn't always work with american dialogue and you got to make it adapt and that's what pretty much live adaptation is so you have to kind of let go of some things and it, the double standard here is that you can you can like crap on a live action adaptation of an anime for for them not doing things to by the book but then you're you're the same person that will like a marvel movie a a, any marvel in the mcu and i'm talking even from the infinity saga even going back to iron man and here's the double standard most people who love the mcu are not people who read the comics because if you actually read the comics then you know that marvel studios have definitely taken some liberties with the character direction. Of a lot of the characters that we've seen from Iron Man, all the way from from Endgame, the Infinity Gauntlet alone, they took liberties. But the reason why they're able to get away with it is because they branded themselves and they marketed themselves to make people understand that this is not based. This is only based loosely on the source of the original comics. That this is a an entire another universe. Hence, why they call it the Marvel Marvel Cinematic Universe is because. This is a part of the multiverse. So the fact that they have a multiverse gives them the opportunity to take liberties with creativity based on the source of what the the stories are based on. Which is why even in the comics, when they created the Ultimate Universe, that they were able to do, create a Miles Morales and do a whole bunch of other things that they weren't able to do with their original 616 series. So I say all that to say when watching Avatar... You have to let some things go and appreciate some things while also understanding that uh, what liberties they had to make to do it because this is a eight episode season, much like Echo, <laughs> much like, you know, it, these are not long series. These are short one hour series um, episodes, much like, you know, other series that we've seen. There were one ep- hour episodes of things. And we have to understand that they had to take liberties one there's a budget situation uh that they have to do and the original airbender series is 64 episodes you know stretching out to like i think 24 episodes per season maybe or even less than that maybe 12 13 episodes per season for each like there were four i think we were four books four book saga so got to take that into consideration and here we have avatar which is eight episodes one hour each and if you split them in half it's um roughly about two four six eight ten twelve fourteen sixteen if you take them out if you split them in half there's sixteen half hour episodes and they were just combined into one hour episodes eight episodes each so technically speaking you have 16 episodes if you want to take it down to a season's worth you got 16 episodes that this is going to but they just crammed them into one hour episodes each so do the math on that you have a, if you want to put it on a half hour episode there's 16 episodes that's about legit a whole entire season's worth of episodes and then they had to try to emulate everything from the actual series and to me I felt they did so much right with this so much I to the point like again because I haven't watched the original season I don't exactly remember all of the things that happened within the four books um but um, I do enough to know that I enjoyed this and then nothing really stuck out to me that felt like it was out of place because they did so much right right down from the costume design the person the the character development i loved everything suka they the the, the casting was great the casting was absolutely great here um again this is based on the they're covering the four books and this season was book one and i thought they did an absolutely great job and i thought the cast did an absolutely great job and they the casting was so great because they looked just like like when you go if you google if you if you watched it you had to enjoy the the visuals the aesthetic the the optics of this it they just the budget was so great with this show um it looked exactly like the the actual animated series come to life and we got to see some really great characters here i mean let's just start with the main cast period um ang played by gordon uh Khmer, he he had such an important role he had such an important i've never seen this cat before he, he's apparently played in um series from the stand he's played on um in in lost in space he uh he's played in a lot of a lot of shows this was probably definitely the biggest role he's been in by far and it was a very important role because he's the lead this kid is the lead actor and he has if his role doesn't work it doesn't work for everybody else i thought he played this role greatly he had such a sophisticated and important role to play because he's playing a kid who's 100 years old but he's not really that you know he's not really a kid he's an adult but he's still he was frozen for 100 years and after Katara freed him he's now have to learn how to become the avatar and develop all of the you know the uh powers of the avatar, because avatar is a you know, is the soul of one who can acquire and achieve the elements of all air of all benders fire benders, air benders, water benders, um, gra- you know, earth benders, everything. He's he has the ability to do all, but he also is the key of you know, defeating the fire nation who is ready to be able to, you know take over the entire world with their power especially because of this new comic coming you know they're everything from almost every pretty much everything from the series they have gotten down in here and they made sure that they get it as close to the series as possible so when i watched this nothing stuck out that was like nah this doesn't seem right i don't i don't remember this part this part didn't come like they i thought they did their thing from start to finish i thought he, he he this kid did his thing he played that role really well he commanded the role um he had conviction in his in his performance i thought he did really great i thought he gelled well with everybody involved um i'm gonna butcher this actress name uh kiai wentai wentayo i need to probably do a voice for um on on um on uh microsoft word to pronounce the name but she played Katara in this, uh, episode in this series, and I thought she really did a great job. She looked fantastic. She looked just like Katara in the, in the, um, in the, uh, in the animated series, um, the hairstyle, everything, the water bending. she really, I felt like she played that role and I don't like my, I think my only, my only key to this is I felt like they were supposed, she looks a little bit older then then ang in this um because you know if you watch the series you know that eventually those two are gonna hook up or link up whatever like this so um you know it is what it is maybe she's just a few years maybe slightly older than him but we'll see how that goes um but i felt like she played the role here uh actually ian osley if i'm pronouncing his last name right playing soka I thought he looked like him. I thought he, he played a little bit more of an adult version of him. And I knew that there were reports that saying that he was gonna be a less sexist version of him, but he, he played a more subtle, but still goofy version of um, Soka, And I enjoyed his performance very well. He just looks a hell of a lot like that um, character. Uh, I thought they really did a great job casting him because visually (laughs) like, I mean, just even face structure. The, the face shape instruction and and everything he looks just like Soka. so i i mean i really enjoyed that um we also got to see appearances for Soki as well um in the series um uncle iru and, Zo- uh, and prince zoka um dallas lou i thought he was awesome i thought he was i thought he also he he his relationship with paul's son uh hyung lee who we see in a lot of films uh, a lot of films and tv shows as well again visually looks the role i thought they did a great job we've seen um we've seen um paul sung uh hyung lee from you know the mandalorian and ahsoka and um many other and, and, and he's in it he's embedded into the star wars universe but i thought this was a great choice to play uncle uh, era who my only my only criticism about him what i loved about the character in the animated series was he was a very sarcastic and condescending type of guy but in a fun way he was not as condescending as i would like him to be on here um i thought that was the charm of him is that he was very sarcastic but in a subtle, very subtle way in a, in a, in a uh, animated series um but he still felt like he played that role really well in here uh so i i did when it came to their relationship i felt it, it they their chemistry was really good together but both of them i thought did a really great job we also had uh daniel day kim who we see in a lot of shows and, and movies as well um most notably from lost and hellboy and uh the divergent series um i thought he played he I mean yeah he did his thing playing um the Fire Lord uh Azai in here as well so a lot of these a lot of these characters I will say one of my favorite performances in appearances was from two people Amber Thunder, who um who played uh, Princess Yoi in here. I thought it was a great choice for her to play in here. Uh, we seen her in uh, Legion. We, she was also in Prey. Uh, she did awesome in Prey. I loved her in Prey, but she also, you know, we first saw her in Legion as well. So she played Princess Yui in here, but one of my favorite appearances and performances my man, uh, what, I'm hoping I'm getting his name right because uh, he plays in one of my favorite, you know, comedies right now. Um, what is his name? Uh, da, 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 ooh, uh, he, he plays Utkash uh, uh, Abakar. And he is playing, uh, he plays on Ghosts, the American version of Ghosts, as Jay. But they put him in su- his makeup job in Avatar The Last Ender as Kane Boomy. Fantastic! Um, when you see him in here, it is like the, the costume designs and the makeup job here and these deals were so great. Um, but when he played Prince uh, King Boomy, I was I, I so much enjoyed his his role in here uh, as Ang's former uh, you know old friend from back in the day. He kind of was like the Han Solo of the story. Um, but their their fights and the fight scenes in here in general with the all the special effects and everything, I think I thought it did a great job. I thought they did a, a absolutely incredible job here. So many great characters in here. Um, young, uh, what was it? Tai Lee as well. We got a chance to see in here too, um, and a few other characters that we have yet to see. We haven't seen, uh, you know, Toffee Belfung, um, Tough Belfung, who actually is. Uh, gonna be i believe in book two so we have yet to see that character but we saw so many characters master uh pikoi uh, piku in here um we got to see so many great 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 awesome characters from book one i thought they really for the wood worth they did a great job all around um from just character design from, you know, uh, character development to special effects, to costume design. It's I don't, I don't, I, I just going to see, I don't understand where, if anybody is going to have anything wrong with this. Cause they did a great job. I would, can I also say Ang's tattoo. Cause I know people had issue with the M night Shyamalan version of that. I thought they did really good. If you look at the tattoo with the arrow pointing to the head, if you, if, as you look as the camera goes closer to it, you see that there's also a pattern, a design pattern on air as well. I thought it was great. Cause it, you know, from afar, it looks like it's just an arrow, but as you look closer, there's actually beautiful design patterns, you know, um, that's involved with it too so there's a lot of detail to it as well i so much to the point i think that watch you're going to see somebody actually do it get a tattoo done exactly like this one in their head i guarantee you but they did really really good um in this i thought it, i enjoyed it from start to finish um like we talked about I, I talked about Oppenheimer in the beginning um and just again it's it's you know may not be everybody's cup of tea but this was mine I can watch this over and over again. I, I thought that this was just as good as when I was watching One Piece and when I was watching Yu Yu Show. I thought like Netflix is doing their thing. Netflix is really killing it right now. Um, look, if you are worried about this not living up, I, to me, I thought it lived up. I came in watching this, enjoying this, from start to finish, and I'm looking forward to book two. I think it's gonna do a lot. I hope that everybody enjoyed it just as much as I did. Uh, and if you didn't, please let me know why, because they gave you a lot more of what they did in this in this series than they did in that movie. I can definitely say that. Um, everything we got to see so many so many things that were like they they really catered to fanfare majorly in here netflix is doing it right netflix i look one piece yu yu hawker show and now avatar i thought i think these are great great adaptations that they're doing here and um i'm sorry man they they look i'm sorry i'm i'm, I'm saying this right now netflix is giving you your money's worth i i can't i can't there's no argument here for me um if you have issue with Last Airbender, I, you gotta tell me more than one word syllables or one sentence. You gotta let me know why the hell you think they're not doing their thing with this series. Cause I thought they did a great job. And if you it, put like this, even from people who didn't watch the actual animated series, I think if they watch this coming in, I think they'll enjoy it. Like. I would I would love to hear from people who didn't watch the animated series and watch this and be like, I really thought this was great or I really thought this was bad. But I think that even people who did not watch the series will come into this and watch it like, wow, this was awesome okay, maybe I need to check out the actual animated series and see how this was. And then watch the animated series and like, wow, this, I really enjoyed this. And cause you're gonna see things probably in an animated series that you won't get to see here because they weren't able to fit everything into this. But what they were able to fit was great. And again, the double standard, you cannot say that they you didn't like what they did here, but then say that they, you like what they did in Marvel all through the 11 years of Marvel Studios because Marvel didn't give you exactly what you want there, but they made it adapt to what they could. And it made sense, but they still gave you the the feeling that this felt like an actual Marvel comics experience. I thought they did the same thing here. So look, as far as, um, you know, grades, huh, I give this an a plus. I, I really enjoyed it. I'm, I will watch this again, especially when book two comes when book two comes, I'm absolutely going to watch it again. Oh, and I definitely want to make sure to add uh, my thoughts on the performance of Elizabeth View who played Azula. She was awesome. Just as bad as just as much of a badass as the the her uh animated counterpart and I thought her performance was great and I'm looking forward to seeing what she's going to add on because she already started out coming looking like a force you know proving to her father that like she is nothing to mess with and if you watch the animated series you know that she's going to really bring it in here as well so uh i loved her performance and uh i'm looking forward there's going to be a lot of great performances in book two trust me and a lot more people coming in book two that i'm looking forward to so i'm hoping that everybody loved this as much as i did and that's why i'm giving it a plus because even, like I said, even if you, I think you, if you didn't watch the animated series, you're still going to love this series. Um, but it, it may intrigue you to want to watch the animated series if you haven't already and really enjoyed that as well. And then hopefully this will lead into the, you know, the Legend of Korra, a live action adaptation of that too and see what they do there. So it's a go for me. Definitely. I, I enjoyed this and I'm looking forward to what they're going to do next. So folks. That will do it for this edition of Talk Time Live. I hope you guys is, I you everybody enjoyed this episode. In every episode which you can watch on talktimelive.com or check it out on talktimelive.com. The audios, the videos, all on that website including some blog entries as well. Um uh we just got so much going on. Again, thank you to Desmond Wong of the Gentle Brothers for finally coming on to talk about uh, Cat Quest three in video form this time, mind you. And uh it was great conversation. Go out anyway, check it out, and be sure to check out Cat Quest 3 and also the other two games when uh um, you did get a chance. Hopefully it'll come out with a bundle for you guys to check out and uh you know you could enjoy all of them. But it's one of the best indie games that I've actually played out there, you know, not from way that's not from way forward or or yacht club games or whatever like that like the gentle brothers are doing some awesome things with their uh franchise right now and uh they kudos to them kudos to them i'm so i can't wait to review that game as well so uh this week on select start i actually have two games i might want to check out but definitely dragon ball kakarot's last dlc uh for season two i'm gonna give my thoughts on that uh and maybe another one fate samurai remnant i'm playing right now and i didn't exactly plan on wanting to review that but as i'm playing the game there's a lot of things that i like about this um game that Maybe be worth talking about so stay tuned for that of course you can also check out all elite geekly my uh show with boris roberto aguilar of sunday night's main event as we talk about a lot of fandom things as well as our review of aew dynamite as well every week on event.com. i will also return to sunday night's main event on tsn radio 690 and talk uh news talk our uh, news talk at <laughs> 610 tonight at 11 p.m you can check the live uh f- version out on the radio on those deals uh 690 yeah 10 tsn6 uh radio 690 that's toronto sports network and news talk 610 tonight as we talk about my thoughts uh and i'll be a part of the uh the round table with boris and the other uh the guys from uh sunday night's main event smack Daddies and all those other guys uh scheduled to come on i believe i don't know who's going to be on but i'll be i'm going to be a part of the round table talking about elimination chamber and my predictions of aew revolution that's coming next week so stay tuned for that and much much more check that show out on sundaynightsmainevent.com uh as well as next week. I don't know. I'm just wondering if I am going to have a show next week and, uh, talk about that, but we are counting down. There's going to be a lot of gaming, uh, in the next coming weeks. But, um, we're counting down fine next week is final fantasy 7 week we're leading into getting the chance to get that game in and then the following week wwe 2k 24 which i'll be doing a dual review a partnering review with sunday night's main event uh myself and boris will give our thoughts on the latest edition the tko edition of talk to of of uh wwe 2k this is the first this is gonna be this is gonna be a milestone game for a lot of reasons and uh, we're gonna be talking about that and much much more there so stay tuned for that if you are fans of listening to the show or want to listen to the show on audio rather in the office or while working or uh on the road you can check us out wherever podcasts are played that is including spotify iheartradio apple podcast google podcast stitcher pop Bean, TuneIn, tuned in audible pocketcast pandora you name it we are there you can check us out and keep us going keep us growing and much much more we're getting closer to the 400th episode in the ninth year of this podcast so um i am ec- i'm ecstatic uh i'm really ecstatic of one I was able to do this show for this long and the things that I we're able to do for the show has been pretty awesome. Um, the people I were able to meet the people I was the opportunities I is able to have, it's all, you know, just all for the love of all things, anime, comics, movies, uh, and games. So, you know, thank you for everybody who continued to keep this road going. I really, it's an awesome, 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 awesome road to have. So that'll do it for me folks on behalf of myself. This is Dak Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am Adair. Take care, and you guys have a great week.